Bring a Trailer podcast. We're back, getting the band back together. Howard, Zach, and Alex all together here in San Francisco. Nice. Good to have you back, Howard. Good to be not on Zoom, uh, I think. I'm for one week? How long are you on the West Coast for? From fully remote to fully in person. This is, uh, you know, variety is the name of the game in so many ways. I'm here, here for a week. Nice. You just showed up to clean out your place, and then you're officially making the move. <laughs> no, no, no. With with uh, with winter coming soon, I think I'll I'll decamp back home to SF. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're gonna well, you you summer in New York and winter in San Francisco. Is that how? Would you start using the seasons as a verb? I'm I'm a snowbird in, in California. Is there a new battery in the Nissan Versa after this week? Or I actually drove it yesterday. I did did my standard uh, kind of monthly uh, uh, battery maintenance upkeep program of driving for a day. How was that? Nice. A delightful experience? It was delightful. Yeah. I think I'm still on the tank of gas that it had uh, nine months ago. You feel rusty getting back behind the wheel after a couple months, zero driving? Oh, I thought you meant of the Versa that's that's starting to have some really <laughs> awful, really awful wear and tear, the steering wheel, the Quite dash. literally rusty. Yes. No, no. I mean you as a person. Um, no, you know, you, I, I thought I might, but hopped in, you know, a couple cars, was cruising around going to dinner, seeing the family, and, you know, the, the, the muscle memory comes back pretty quick. Well, that's good. Are you going to be feeling that way if you're spec Miata weekend in a, a couple days here? Yeah, I, yeah. one of the reasons I came back running the uh, spec Miata event at Sonoma Sears Point this weekend, running a 91.6 NA. And when were you last on track there? 96, you get a 1.8 in that, huh? Uh, no, 1990, 1.6 liter. Oh, I'm sorry, 90.6. But people want the 96s because you get the 1.8, but in the in the uh, early body style. Yes. So when were you last out in the Spec Miata? Oh boy, we're talking we're talking uh, dorky Spec Miata stuff. Where listeners are literally dropping off. We can we can hear them closing the window. <laughs> this is this is sending echo across the Spec. <laughs> people Miata love Miatas. Place. I just drove over here at my dad's 19, 1990 Miata, eighty nine build date Miata. It's great. Those cars are fantastic. I bet they make wonderful race cars. I've never driven one on track before. The last time I did one was maybe two or three years ago. Uh, Rent in a car from again Larry Oka. Shout out to Larry. People on the uh, California know him from Miatas and Datsun 510s. Uh, cool old timer. So he's lending me a car. Uh, by lending, I mean he's letting me pay him to rent. Totally. To That's right. Does he? Uh, does he have one of those transporters? Bring out a couple uh, uh, arrive and drive uh, Miatas. For a couple uh, of I don't know. We'll I, I assume he's going to be supporting more cars than just me. Uh, but he's got a shop up at the track and. He tells me my car has 120 horse, 108 pound feet of torque. So that's not bad. He's dynoing them, huh? Putting them on the dyno? It's kind of middle of the road. So I, it, it, it's low enough that if I finish poorly, I at least oh, have the standard spec now racer excuse of my motor isn't that great. So that's, yeah. I was happy to see that. You're just in denial about all the food and drink weight of that <laughs> so, new York lifestyle that's so, really slowing you totally. down in spec Miata. It's a whole thing. Like all, all the mid packers are all the ones complaining about cheating who are actually the ones. Of cheating. course, of course, <laughs> of course. Although back in my pro seven days, it was amazingly always the guy who had the shop that built the motors who was out in front. That was always an interesting coincidence. Uh, is this NASA SCCA? Who are you running with? This is NASA. Okay. Which well, apparently is now like doing great. Respect me out of 40, 50 car field. So I was going to ask you, what's the field going to be like? Don't know. I got to check the entry list. Three wide, three wide, four wide, maybe yeah. even. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Four wide on Sonoma. Not a lot of points on the track where you can do that, right? Although your dad just drove his Miata here and told me he just got a hard top for it and that it was 3000 bucks. So I guess it all took, those parts are going up. It took 
so I tried to find him a hardtop for that thing for years, and I couldn't find. I mean, there's you know, even when one shows up on Craigslist, it's, if it's not shady as hell and stolen, it's gone in like an hour. So hard to find those things. He did the for eighty two year old guy. He ripped his soft top out and he's got it bolted to the car. So he's got it full spec Miata style. But yeah, it took forever to find one of those. I assume it's because the spec Miata guys suck him up. That happened with all those FBRX7s when I was racing that car, right? You For a long time, you'd go to a junkyard, get a motor for 50 bucks, a fender for 10 bucks. And then pretty soon, every FBRX7 in a, in a junkyard had been picked clean by the spec racers. And I assume that's happening with Miatas. I think so. I was offered uh, for an additional fee to buy a new set of tires for the weekend, or I was assured that the used tires that Larry has are, are adequate. Uh, so obviously I, I didn't. Which order did that come in? I didn't pony up for the new tires. I so. see. Toyo proxies? M- more, more reasons uh, to, to look for excuses after the weekend. Of so, course. Yeah, 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 It's yeah. nice to stack the deck. What are the fast guys running around Sonoma and expect me out of? Lap times? Yes. Uh, fast guys are running 154, 155. Oof. That is pretty quick. Maybe a 53.9. Wow. I mean, Sonoma's not a horsepower track. That's a car where you can embarrass a lot of guys in late model supercars in a spec Miata. That's right. That's right. Technical, a lot of turns, not a whole lot of uh, straightaway. Carrying speed, best way to learn how to drive fast, in my opinion. So, yeah, guys, it's good to be good to be all together. Uh, we've got a ton of great stuff on the site, as usual. Uh, a lot of really neat, specifically American stuff. So I wanted to chat about... Some of that, some of our favorite kind of dream muscle car garages. Um, we have two really neat Camaros, a 67 and a 69 from Reggie Jackson, Mr. October, big car guy, collector. I actually went down to see him when we were in Monterey. He's got uh, his shop in Seaside and uh, spent an hour with him walking through his shop, uh, seeing all his cars. He's got a really impressive collection. And he knows a lot about cars. I was, uh, uh, you know, both impressed with how you know kind he was, but also just his sheer breadth of knowledge and um, was was impressive. So nice. What were the two of you talking about? Oh, he he was just kind of schooling me on 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 Camaros and Chevelles and Vets and kind of walking through the shop and saying, "Oh, here's this car I bought it in this year, and here's why it's special." And boom, 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 boom. Um, and so we have a 67 Z28 of his, I think a pale yellow car. These should be live by the time this uh, pod They're goes live up. right now, or at least the 69 is. Uh, and the 69 67 silver, went live this morning. Right? Yeah, silver 69 RS with what? Cross ram induction? I think it's a Z28, as I recall. Uh, but it has a motor that I didn't really like know about. I knew about the amazing cross ram manifolds on... Mopars on the 440 wedges and on, on those other big non-hemi Mopars uh, where there's those amazing runners that co- you know go over the valve covers and there's carburetors way out on the side of the engine bay. Uh, but I didn't, I mean, people are probably going to freak out when I say this. I didn't know that there was a cross ram manifold for Chevy small blocks. So this car's got a 302 with a cross ram that's maybe not quite as dramatic as a Mopar cross ram, but it's... Um, Got two smaller, I think about 500 CFM carbs rather than an 850 single four barrel. And they sit staggered uh, on the manifold. So the air cleaner is at a 45 degree angle over the valley. It's a pretty unique look and it's really cool. We've had two 69Z28s with this manifold on it. Looks awesome. I was going to say, yeah, it, it is very distinctive. You, that's the immediate thing you notice yeah. is the, the angle of the, of the air cleaner and, totally. and how it's mounted. 
And from what I understand, so this is like, this, you know, is ties into their Trans Am program, right? Where you've got a smaller, smaller displacement motor with peaky power. And from what I read, so I think these were rated at 290 horse, 290 pound feet. And that's probably conservative. Uh, people have rebuilt these and they say it's more like 350 or even 370 horse. And what's amazing about them is they're really peaky. Zach, I know you like a peaky engine. So it's like peak torque out of a 302 at like 50, like 5,000 or 5,500 RPM. Oh, nice. It revs like a K code. Totally. I think they're almost 7,000 RPM, 6,500 RPM, something like that, which is really cool to think about having that in a Camaro. I love the look of the first generation Camaro. So I was just excited about that. This is a really cool motor to have in one of those. I don't know how streetable it would be, but awesome. Love the passion. And I have to throw it to the room. Are you guys covered headlights 69 or do you like uncovered headlights earlier 67 67 68 for me I, actually i know 69s are popular but i like the look of the first two years better i'm also earlier with exposed headlights and i'm actually on team firebird i think the Ooh. early 67 68 with the quad lights are some of the prettiest muscle cars big block or small block for you uh i mean i'm still a little I, small blocks all i need man yeah <laughs> maybe once i can grow real facial hair i'll get a big block <laughs> I agree, 6768. For, for me, 69 uh, Z01 Camaro, which is yeah. with top of the food chain. Yeah. I think that, like, it, it was like 0 to 60 in five seconds. I think it was the fastest uh, American car, maybe full stop production car, uh, kind of L88 performance, maybe even better. Yeah. Um, so I'd probably go there when I'm thinking of dream, dream Camaro garage, but uh, no, these, two are, these two are pretty neat. Well, nice segue. What's in your just in general, dream garage of that era from American makes. Oh, I, I have a dream garage from, from mile to wild. Alex, you, did you have, I don't, I don't want to move on before you, you got it all. No, out no, no, it's fine. It's, it's fine. I was going to say, I was going to say something controversial, so I'll shut up. You oh know, no, please. please. Controversy encouraged. Okay. I, my favorite uh, early Camaro we ever listed, like I could actually go light resto mod on one of those cars. We had, I don't know if you guys will remember this was three or four years ago. We had a, can't remember if it was a 67 or 68. It was definitely first two years Camaro with an L. So it was resto modded in like maybe the 90s. So kind of before that took off. And it had an LT1 and a six-speed out of a C4 Corvette. Um, but it looked pretty stock other than that. Bigger, had four-wheel disc brakes, probably vented. And maybe even had Corvette independent rear suspension. But it looked completely stock on the outside. It was black. Sold for like 50 grand before all these, you know, kind of things started going wild. But, you know... Stock looking, but with upgraded brakes and, uh, and not like pro touring level resto mod, but um, more modern engine, a six speed transmission, upgraded brakes. You could run that on the rallies that we go on and looks so fantastic. I mean, that's that, that would be kind of my dream spec for one of those cars, I think. Yeah, I always give mad respect to the guys running muscle cars and events. They're so far and few between in a sea of 2002s and British sports cars and a few GTVs. So respect for that. My dream car garage. We're getting into that. Do we have full full yes, stop garage? But, but uh, yeah, off the top of the head, I mean, I've I've talked about how I like Superbirds. Although I think I'd go, I think I'd go Dodge Charger Daytona. Ooh, just to differentiate yourself, right? Yeah, yeah, you yeah, see, yeah. Those are those are I feel out in the wild less. Yeah. Not that either are particularly common. Oh, but the Superbird is like the epitome of the height of the muscle car era, and the way that the, the Daytona is almost a little more subtle than a Superbird. That's kind of why I like it. Oh man, but subtle, you know, it almost is like an oxymoron with those cars, That's but right. with the big bird on the side, the name Superbird, it's just, 
that car, that look for me is the height of um, ridiculous American muscle cars. So I think it's a shame to go for a Daytona over Superbird. But I would happily take a Superbird. We've got an, a really nice one ending uh, this week, early next mm -hmm. week. Um, orange. Six back. Awesome. Um, it's your garage, Howard. I don't mean to. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, yes, yeah. Right. Come on, man. Let him have his garage. You know, my mind goes to Plymouth. Poor oh. Plymouth. RIP. We'll pour some out. Um, <laughs> 69 to 70, Hemi Kudas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not to be uh, Kuda versus Barracuda, not the same thing. Although uh, Hemi Kuda is a little more expensive. We had, I think last week, a 70 Barracuda 440. That just really spoke to me. I just thought it was really well done. Uh, I think it sold for like 60-ish grand. Uh, a lot of curb appeal. Uh, I go, I go 71 on those. I like the actual Barracuda nose, but the 70s are nice for their simplicity in comparison. I like the early Barracudas, like a 66 with the like with fat, the huge fast fast. Yeah, yeah, I kind of like those a lot. I don't uh, disagree with that. Uh, they're smaller. I like all, like, I, I don't know if it counts as muscle car. Maybe they're pony cars, but I like all the stuff that's a little bit. How many pork side. heads have been baked in the backseat of the <laughs> mid 60s Barracuda with all that glass? Totally. That's all I can think of. Totally. What's the one that's two, three, four million bucks? That's a, that's a 71 Hemi Cuda convertible. That's like yeah, the, 71 is most desirable year. Yeah. But 70 is not far behind it. Um, man, what else? Uh, we, we'll stick Plymouth, Roadrunner, Hemi. Yes. Uh, I don't have to have the Hemi, but I mean, if we're talking, you know, Green Garage, that, that's up there for me. I mean, the Hemi's so iconic, but I'm like, I, I like the wedge motors. I like the, I think they're cool. Again, cross ram. Like if I was going to go Mopar, I would actually love to have, I'd, Love to put a cross ram manifold on a even a spot. I think you can put them on a three v three. Also, um, I think that would be fantastic. We sold a, a pretty nice Boss four twenty nine for one hundred ninety five. Speaking of grand Hemis, last week, speaking of Hemi's, right? That's that's up there for me. Yeah, that um, motor is maybe even cooler looking than a Mopar Hemi. It's so freaking big and beefy. Those valve covers are crazy. They look so awesome. Can we talk about what's happening with sixty nine to seventy Mustang Mach ones? Those seem to be. Uh, uh, surging big time. Um, uh, would be a good time to mention we, we have this new partnership with the good guys. So obviously uh, uh, that whole community is, is big and all this stuff we're talking about. So uh, that's a new initiative we have with them. And hopefully uh, that brings more awareness from, from folks that aren't uh, already aware of BAT and hopefully people that want to buy and sell all this stuff we're talking about right now, which, uh, which I think hopefully will, will be the case. Um, kind of a more, more affordable, more affordable uh, uh, dream car garage. I'm I'm in it, I'm interested in uh, Dodge Dart GTS 440 Ooh, Dart nice. Swinger. Yeah, uh, that's of interest to me. I've always been a big Oldsmobile Tornado fan. I think I got oh, my dad would be a Tornado back in the day. We don't have any ACD cars live. I didn't know if I was going to be able to wrap in Auburn Court Duesenberg, but Tornado oh. sometimes called you know the. A tribute to the cord a little bit, right? It's got those wheels that are a, a paid tribute to the A10, A12 cord, and you know, is the next V8 front wheel drive car after the after the cord. You know, you never see like a resto mod Toronado. I think someone ought to do that. I so, wonder if someone actually must. You know, uh, way before Jay Leno's Garage, he had a show on. I think it was NBC or something, and he the Tonight Show. I've heard of that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> You had a car uh, show of some kind? Oh, oh <laughs> man, I'm beat red right now on that remark. Uh, where he would meet with owners. It was kind of like overhauling with Jay Leno. Um, and he did a front-wheel drive Tornado, the first yep. front-wheel drive. Mm -hmm. First front-wheel drive muscle car, right? 
I mean, if you want I mean, to call it, it's kind of like the kind start of a cruiser. Of yeah, converted, converted to rear drive. Converted to rear wheel drive. Uh, uh, it's twin turbo LS. Okay, okay. Yeah. there you go. That's which exactly is, what I'm talking. Which about. is what people do with cords back. But in I just read the first half of that episode singing praises about how innovative it was. The, the convert, the conversion to front wheel drive, huge deal. And then they tore it all out, and made a rear wheel drive twin turbo LS. See, I like that it's front wheel drive. I think that's part of the charm. I wouldn't want to switch I, that. Yeah, part. I do too. Uh, there is a guy, Brizio, uh, who does the hot rods down here in South San Francisco, uh, such a famous uh, Ray Roy Brizio. Roy. 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 Uh, he did um, a Resto Mod Cord 810 or 812, and he put an LS1 and a Porsche six speed automatic transaxle out of a Cayenne and kept it front wheel drive. Which, see, I love that idea of doing that. Like, where you keep, you know, you kind of keep the spirit of the car, but update it. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Interesting, right? And then, you know, I just that I really like just a nicely done 69 or 70 Nova SS. Oh, totally. You know, I give me that over a Chevelle any day. Totally. Uh, what's the good old L34, L78, L78, but Big block, anyways, small block. I see those come up on the site, and every time I'm like, hmm, I like them better and better with every passing year. Well, you brought up Mach 1s, which is interesting because you have the high end of the big block cars selling well into the six figures. But you can also get a 69, 70, 351 Mach 1 for pretty reasonable dollar that has, you know, 90, 95% of the look. And totally, honestly, so much usable power anyway for a fraction of the cost. We sold that green one, which was kind of a driver, great color, uh, pretty nice inside. A uh, new owner should probably get a new steering wheel in there, but thirty-one grand just the other month. I mean, that's a pretty great piece of Americana to cruise around in at that price point. Totally agree. But we we sold for you know other end of the spectrum four twenty eight Cobra Jet that sold for one hundred and forty hundred fifty grand. I mean, I feel that is like a headline result for those people almost rediscovering them. And I bet you it's maybe newer people into the market who maybe didn't know or have shifted their focus to, to that sort of stuff. I mean, certainly a uh, 68 to 70 Mustangs are nothing new, right? Right, 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 right. Um, I've been biting my tongue not talking about Mustangs this whole time because I still like a it's too much. first year fastback, right? Like it's such a cliche, but that's my favorite uh, of Viera, right? The kind of sportiest and the the kind of lightest and, and prettiest of the of the of that era. A Mach 1 Cobra Jet for similar money to a, to a 67 GT500. I mean, I think I think most of us would rather have the the latter. I mean, I would. I guess this is yesteryear's pricing at this point, but I would take a '66 GT350 uh, in the mid mid to high 100s. I think, but just my personal preference. And like Hertz, the Hertz cars are going uh, up. Like all that stuff yeah, is starting with favorite. the two now. That's my favorite. But it really is cars. right. I feel like like two three years ago, like we were looking at. Uh, Hertz cars for, you know, 110, yeah, non-matching, yep. spotty history, get it in the low 100s, drive it around. Man, that's my totally my spec. But so, Howard, you hit on an interesting point of younger buyers fueling a little bit of the prices we're seeing, which I totally agree with. I think in part, it's once you've had so many modern sports car experiences, you finally start to branch out a little bit and be like, okay, what haven't I experienced? And I, so, yeah. so many of these cars with such a variety of drivetrains and aesthetics, it's like it offers something that no modern car can, and they all do it like 
the Novas you're talking about offer such a uniquely different American muscle car experience from the Mustangs we're talking about. I think that's right. I think it's younger buyers. I also think it's, I think it's newer buyers that aren't necessarily young in age. I think hmm. it's people all over the, the age spectrum. I mean, look at, look at, you know, Blazers and Scouts and FJs and Broncos right. with modern drivetrains. I, I feel that's, uh, you know, a, a whole sub market of people that are interested in that stuff that maybe are, are discovering other areas of the car world, but that really speaks to them or maybe buying their first collector car. Is yeah. that, that's what you mean. Yeah. That's interesting to think about that. So hell of a way to jump in. Um, yeah, I think that that's, that's probably, I mean, you know, it's, it's what, what I was going to say, you were talking about like low dollar cars. And to me as a person who's, you know, like cars like this for a long time, I find a lot of charm in the kind of cheap, cooking uh cooking spec versions of cars right like a camaro with a 302 with, but with the two barrel like the lowest spec 302 you could get or god forbid even a six-cylinder mustang right but one that's really well preserved maybe it's been in the family forever a california black plate car or something like that in a good color uh, where you get to kind of experience what it would be like to you know drive around a base spec 67 camaro in 1967 but a person like who you're talking about, somebody who's jumping in, like that's not interesting to them, right? They want the they want the the cool one, the the thing that's kind of unique, the thing that sets you apart. If I agree with that. Jumping into the collector car scene for the first time. Yeah, you and I'd be happy with like a, a nice like '63 Falcon with some nice nice bits on it, right? I was thinking exactly of a Falcon. I was at dinner last night with a buddy, and he was telling me about uh, this Falcon that he inherited. It was a six cylinder Falcon coupe had a three-speed column shift and a six-cylinder, and it had like a 250 rear-end ratio, like final drive. So, I mean, it was like not even taking advantage of the little amount of power it had, but it was really nice. It had been a grandmother's car, and he drove it for years. And he's like, you know, that's my – he now has like a 400-horse 70 Chevelle and other muscle cars. He's a drag racer. and he, But he was saying, you know, that's that car – you know, meant a lot to him and really like really enjoyed driving that car. It's a car that he reminisces about, um, which is really, I, I love that kind of stuff. Um, and that's, that stuff is definitely affordable, right? Finding the, the base spec car, but a well-preserved version of it. So big market call, if you're listening, pile into Dodge Jar GTS 440s. I think, you know, you want to buy some Ethereum or some Bitcoin or <laughs> some Dodge Darts. I thought um, you are going to segue into buying a six-cylinder Falcon three-speeds. No, no, no. That's a way to lose money, even though they're cheap to begin with. Uh, Zach, speaking of collectors jumping into the market, one of the things I've noticed um, that's kind of blown my mind, you had a 993 Carrera S at one point some years ago. Um, the C4S and C2S993 prices have been crazy recently, like really surprising me. Like what, have you noticed that? C4S is the new turbo? What's happening? Yeah, what's happening? Yeah, as, as a guy that sold one two years ago, I paid no nothing but close attention. <laughs> now that they're selling double than what I sold mine for. That's right, yours, yours was sweet. You, you, you messed that up, man. Yeah, it was a good car, it was time to go. Yeah, I think it really comes down to the point of the thing that matters most in Honestly, all automobiles, you're talking about Tesla model wise on the other end of the spectrum of this today. What does it look like? That's what really matters as its core, right? Yeah. And no one likes to admit that though. <laughs> yeah. For me, those cars from like an engineering and aesthetic perspective, they're like as iconic and robust as what you're seeing with Rolex Submariners. It's sort of an accessory. It's something everybody immediately recognizes, sort of wants, and then once they see the price, are a little bit shocked by it. 
But man, you close the door on that car, it's just as solid as it was on the 72, just as solid as any other 911 makes that beautiful noise. For the last time, your 996 and my 997 doesn't. Yeah. yeah, there's something about the build quality and experience that doesn't quite exist in the new cars. And then frankly, I'm of the opinion that that's just the best looking yeah. 911 head-on rear shot, particularly in the 2S, which gets the body-colored split grill. But... And like Vipers, it seems so obvious now that they would shoot right. that way. It's a cycle, right? It's, it, it's, there's peaks and valleys. Prices, prices will fluctuate. But, man, we have people c- coming to the door now with nice, right, nice 96, 97 C4Ss with 40,000 miles. Being like, yeah, I'll take a, you know, $175,000 reserve. And it's like, man... <laughs> Yeah. So crazy. That's I'm like so double checking. Is like, is this that low mile turbo? Like, what is this? Yeah. But, <laughs> but what is also crazy is if you go onto Porsche's configurator, an S Carrera S and a color you want with some options you want is kind of rivaling that. Oh and yeah. Okay, that's who's, interesting. Who's the cooler guy pulling up to the restaurant, Los Angeles? 100%. It's, yeah. And those guys are definitely thinking about that, right? Uh, I would imagine people who have that kind of money to like throw down on a 911, right? Like you are definitely cooler. It's part of the experience having something that makes you look like you have good taste and you just enjoy driving and is a quality object sounds cooler in the way that the others don't. Is that a better car than a turbo? Um, you know, the thing thing I wanted most out of that car owning it was another 120 horsepower. Mm -hmm. So I would say no personally through my own driving experience, but Honestly, I think without the spoiler, it, the rear end looks better. As Alex points out, it's simpler. The turbo's maintenance costs. Occasionally at night after a bottle of wine, I'll be going deep on the forums to see what it's really like to own one. And they're reliable, but a lot to maintain in the way that I think the non the NA cars aren't. I've driven. Know. I mean, the all-wheel drive system is also heavy, right? I mean, yeah. So I, I mean, I've driven. I've driven C4S. Like it's it's an awesome car, but it's not like snap your neck back no, fast. God, no, no. But you know, very civilized and yeah. Yeah, it's it's a very nice car to drive around in. That's what I would always say, driving around. Lots of people come up to me, the most amount of people that ever like shouted out actively from a window of their car saying cool car man was definitely in that car. But from a raw driving experience, the thing that would make that car best would definitely be another 100, 100 or so horsepower. So the turbo would be sweet. Man, I'm into it. I love those cars too. A slight tangent. Uh, my we, my dad and I drove past a 992 today. What is the base cost of a 992? Are they 100 grand? Oh, yeah. I think it's 110 for a Carrera. For the base car, for like the simplest 911 you can buy now. Zero options. What's your guess, Howard? What are we talking about? 2022 base 911. Not an S, not anything. What's the they still make them seven speed. Not nothing that matters. You can get PDK. I think that's a no cost option. I think you get to choose. Or no, maybe you have to pay extra. Do they even make those uh, with no options now? They probably don't. But let's say you ordered it with no base, options. Base, 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 93.5. It's funny. Now you actually have to option getting no options, yeah, right. right? You click <laughs> the AC, delete. It's it's really uh, become a parody of itself. Okay, I'm looking at it right now. My guess is 109. You have a guess, Howard? No, I was 93.5. It's a, uh, oof, man. 98.750. I'm shocked. Ooh, under 100. 100. Well done, Howard. But I bet you can spend two, if you want like a Targa 4S, I bet it's 200 grand real quick with colors and options and stuff, right? Would you rather have that, the bait, the stripper, which is still, I mean, stripper is still too. Yeah, right. That for 98 or a 2021 C8 vet for 
84.5. 9 I don't even have to think about it. I think the yeah. C8's ugly. Oh, <laughs> I do too, actually. <laughs> I used to think the C7 was ugly, and now I'm like, oh, it looks a lot better than the C8. The opinions <laughs> expressed on this podcast do not reflect the opinions no, of the Chevrolet. Chevrolet is Chevrolet's going to come cracking down on our door. Uh, we praised Corvettes and Chevys earlier. I was talking cross brands, man. Chevy does great stuff. The C8 has amazing performance, right? I just don't think it's and really good looking. I don't like the most about it. Have you guys heard one blow by on the street? No. Something about that noise of that engine coming out of like a sleek mid-engine looking sports car, it, it feels a little incongruent to me. Well, it's low, it's what it's whatever a, whatever the modern LS aluminum engine is, it's probably like 6,000 RPM, 6,500 Probably exactly. It's probably lower revving than that Crossram 302 was in 1969, or probably around the same. Man, good call. Okay, well, maybe people agree with you. Another thing going nuts, uh, I mean, C7s, like oh, yeah. low mile C7 ZR1, three ZRs, those are like, those are like 100K plus now. I mean, it's the last of the front engine right. Corvettes. Which I is, love those. I, love I think those they're cool cars. looking. Yeah. I actually, I've, they're a little busy front and rear, although the C8's taken that to a no, totally new level. But in profile, the C7 with the quarter windows, I think it looks really good. I think C7s look fantastic. The ZR1 with sort of like the jowls in front, I could do without. And it's a lot. Yeah, 700 horsepower is a little more. What, than what's the one that has the big small block in it, the 427 or whatever? That's a. The Grand Sport? Grand Sport, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the Grand Sport's thing. awesome. You get the wide-body Z06, that's, that's but with the NA V8, yeah. I mean, that's all you need. That's all the tire and power that's you the would one ever need. I feel even like the 2018-2019 convertible automatics are, like, going nuts, too. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure they're all It seems like well. people don't uh, – the seven-speeds aren't necessarily favored on the automatics. People are very happy to drive an automatic Z06 around. They're, still, they're a torque, torque converter automatic. Is that right? They're not a, a dual clutch? They are, but have you driven, like, a newish car with a torque converter auto? No, but everyone says – the one that I hear about, God, I'm going to date myself how long I used to – how long it's been since I read car reviews for new cars. But uh, when, when all those eight speed ZF automatics came out that were in like every German performance car that I remember everyone being like, Oh, this is as good as a dual clutch. I, yeah, I think they're fantastic. I've driven that eight speed and it, yeah, if you switch to the manual mode, it downshifts when you want the upshifts are fine to even what you could call crisp. Yeah. That doesn't bother me at all. No CVTs. That's my only, that's my only hard line on transmission. But yeah, CVTs. Howard, good, good call. So we 17, 5,000 miles Z06 sold just this month, 67, 750. So 70 grand all in for a car with 600 horsepower. 2017 Z06. Yes. Yeah. Blow the doors off of that guy in his base Carrera oh, that probably sure. doesn't have air conditioning. And Yeah. yeah. Slight yeah. tangent on weird cars uh, on the site that I didn't even know existed. Uh, Pinot's Esperante, but the GTLM edition. This is this a street car? I just I'm hear the air go out of the room. No, 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 no. no. I'm, I'm like, I, I, whenever I hear something I didn't know about, like that cross ramp, it gets me excited. GTLM, it, it had some body where I just wasn't aware. I mean, I was know about the Esperante. GTLM, never, never heard of it. Wanted to see the window sticker, not there, which struck me. Have you ever seen a Pinot's Esperante with a window sticker? They don't exist. <laughs> Someone is hoarding all the Esperante window stickers, and that guy needs to out himself. Well, imagine the like backroom alley dealings when you were buying a Panos in two thousand five. Like, I mean, you had to like go to some special alleyway, and like they roll up the door. Totally. Here's the one that we built this month. Uh, I have fond memories of those because the very first sports car race I went to in ninety nine had the Panos LMP front engine. Lamont cars. Do you remember those where the driver sat all Absolutely. the way back under the wing? Don Panos was the man. Super. Oh, sweet. totally. 
he was very happy to light tens of million dollars on fire to realize his dream of building cars and racing. At the so that was level. American Le Mans series. And I think he was the person who brought America Le Mans, brought the Le Mans cars to America, I think, right? I believe that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. So Howard, now we need to really get to the bottom of this. I say Panos and now you make me feel like a uncultured bad I say Panos. You, that's okay. You've been saying Panos like this whole podcast. Did you hear that as well? I didn't hear that, but I believe it. I'm willing to believe the worst. Okay, okay. I think it's Pan. I've always had Panos. We're going to do the Peugeot Peugeot debate. On yeah, yeah, episode. we've had that before. We'll have it again. Randy I heard, I heard somebody say Peugeot today. I heard a guy, I, th- I think he was a French speaker. So I think uh, Howard may be right on that one. I was really excited when I heard it. Well, really, we're all over the map here, but Alex, we never got to hear what's in your dream muscle car garage. Well, it probably, probably the, the boring answer is the right answer for me, which is like a fastback Mustang. You know what? But the, what the, actually, I'm kind of off the, I'm kind of off the, the uh, Shelby thing, even though they're amazing. I would actually just like a real simple, like 289 four-speed fastback, a 66. Man, driver source probably almost three years ago had, I believe it was a black... 65 or 66 notchback four speed K code. Ugh. And it was super yeah. minty. Such cool spec in that car. I want the K code because I want the race. Yeah, K code. And I would go notch if it was a K code. Do you remember the gold K code notch? Yes. That's like, that's the car. And it, it combines also my love of a car that's not like, like I was talking about with like cooking spec, like mild spec cars. That was one that had, you know, still had the plaid liner in the trunk and all yes. the kind of period. Oh man. Yeah. Fastback is the move for me, but I could go notch if it was the right K code and the right color. That's probably the dream for me, uh, muscle car wise, which is super boring, I know, but uh, that's the car that I like the most. You know, Zach, are you going to share? Are you going to share your uh, greatest hits? I can't tell if this is insulting to muscle car enthusiasts or not. Uh, you guys can keep me in check, but if I said <coughs> Pantera. Oh, so close, <laughs> Mangusta. Ooh, Pantera, I could rope into muscle car conversation. Mangusta may be tough. Well, Mangusta, there's like 50 of them. So it's yeah. not really on the forefront of people's radar. But the early ones have a 289 K-code in them. And I think it's one of the most beautiful cars of all time. And, I mean, that's kind of like what the the pioneer of the mid-engine sort of muscle car. What Was there another... I think it, you know, okay, so this is interesting. I was literally talking Mangustas with my dad today, too. Oh, perfect time. Uh, because we were talking about Vincent's and the how the Vincent was, I think, the first motorcycle where the motor was a stress member, right? Like, it's a piece of the chassis. And I said, God, that wasn't in cars for way later. And my dad said, isn't the Mangusta, doesn't it have a stressed member engine? And I think it does. Wow, I think cut. I think it does. Is that oh, right, Howard? You lost me at stress member. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. It's getting a little sexy, the talking here. I apologize for that. Uh, but I think that the engine in a Mangusta is a structural component of the car, which maybe is one of the reasons they're kind of famously not great, because the Pantera, that's not the case, right? Uh, uh, but man, is it a gorgeous car. This, uh, that program, those the 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 way the engine covers open. Incredible. And the, I just love how flat the dash is and how simple all the gauges are facing you. I mean, it, there's I mean, no doubt to me it's one of the prettiest. Through it's not a muscle it's car, dude. So it's, it's, uh, right. it's not a muscle car. And if you were ever in an accident in a Mangusta, you would wish you were in a Dodge Coronet. <laughs> <laughs> totally. That's exactly I, right. I would wish the big block was separating me and the tree that I'm hitting. Totally. I'm, very, I'm still very, very happy um, uh, that you brought them up because I think they're gorgeous. They're one of my favorite It needed cars. to be mentioned. Uh, funny that you'd give Pantera the nod, though. 
you know, I it's think sold it's, it's Lincoln, on the cusp. Lincoln and Mercury dealers. It's, it's an honorable mention. Yeah. Uh, another thing we haven't talked about You can is... get a Marty report for it. If you can get a Marty That's report right. for yeah. it. Yeah. we got to get Kevin Marty on, on the podcast. Oh, I love Ooh, Kevin yeah. Marty. Tomorrow morning, I'll call Kevin Marty and Reggie Jackson see if they'll line them up. Can you ask them, Is first question, <laughs> is a mangoose a muscle car? They will just laugh, I think, yeah. probably. The, uh, another part of this discussion, which maybe is for another day, is sick muscle car-ish American wagons mm. from the 60s and 70s. You guys might recall we listed... Oh, I had Country Squire on this list. Okay, well, we, list, we listed the best Country Squire that was some special order with like a Q code 428 and a four-speed and I think bucket seats instead of a bench. Anyways, there's some there's some neat... Now this is We're getting we're getting a little... Uh, no, 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 because I've got a good one. I've got it pulled up. I've got it pulled up. This one, oh, which was got? the Tempest wagon that somebody had made basically into a tri-powered GTO. We there had it go. a couple yeah. weeks ago on the site, and it's like... It's just a Tempest wagon, but they put the they put the 389 uh, tri-power in it and, the, and a four-speed and basically made it a GTO wagon. Some torque for us on there. Yeah, that, that's exactly what I'm Sick. talking about. Bucket seats. I mean, it's cool. You know the kid that piloted all that to go to fourth grade, bullied, bullied some other kids once he got out of that wagon, right? Totally. Totally. I mean, my dream, I've thought about this for a long time, would be Olds Vista Cruiser. Nice. Uh, wood paneled, open vintage trailer with your Hertz Mustang race car on the back. That's the ultimate rig. You know, kids and some... Some Coors, some vintage Coors beers in the back and the green Coleman cooler, you know, like live the whole, uh, you know, go into Willow Springs for a weekend race life circa 1970. Yeah, mad respect. I think I'll keep the beer, but skip the kids and just drive the <laughs> Shelby to the track. But understand our, our socializer are a little different at this point. I feel like we can't get off this topic without talking C2 Corvettes. And that's a big topic of discussion. I was actually going to say that uh, chrome bumper early C3s are really starting to speak to me. But oh, just oh yeah, tell, they're beautiful. I, honestly, C2s, I would maybe even say the early C3s are, I would put them up as produced Corvette, potentially. Let me let me hash that thought out. But I was going to ask you guys, are you on team early split window Corvette? Or do you guys like the later big block cars once they get side pipes? More gills, scoops. I like disc brakes, so I like the later cars. And Randy, our fearless founder, was the one who pointed out the the five gills on the side for a 67, mm-hmm. which I have really come to like those cars, although I think I'd probably still rock a small block. Um, but a split window with fuel injection is pretty hard to deny, I think. Split window fuely, definitely up there. We've had, we had one great split window fuely. We had that resto mod sell for almost $400,000. Oh, that was nuts, right? It was super nice, but the price was insane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, can't, can't exactly explain that one myself. But I love that silver 63 Fuely coupe. Do you go open top or do you go coupe if you're going coupe. late? I got to go coupe. Coupe, coupe because I love Zora and he was trying to make uh, like he was trying to make a performance car. And so he wanted a car that could go racing. And so for me, it's got to be a coupe. I like late Roadster just because I'm such a... Mustang Fastback fanboy that it's kind of cool to have something to balance that out. That's like a late Roadster small block is such a cool date night car, drive around town, open top in a city is just such a special experience. 100%. And I like two-seater convertibles in the way that I don't really like four-seater convertibles. So for me, if I was going to do that with a VET, for me, it would be a late C1, which has like the C2 tail on it, you know, like a 61, 62. And like those are all convertibles and they have that great looking removable hard top so you can get the look a little bit of a coupe uh many years ago this is one of my 
one of the cars that got away that was on VAT uh, years ago. It didn't meet reserve. It was a black 62 with like every option you could order. It had uh, four speed fuely and it had some kind of special suspension setup where there were two sway bars in the front. I'd never oh. heard of that. And then it had uh, fan cooled the drum brakes. brakes. Yeah, yeah there were like brake fans option. on the back and like uh, fiberglass air scoops on the back of the brakes. Unbelievable car, black, black. So sick. I mean, that's an amazing car. Would have loved to have had that car. I'm a, I'm a 63 split guy. Thin, mm -hmm. thin white walls, standard. Not too exciting there, but also. Dope. There's there's a reason everyone loves them. Yeah. We had that barn find 64, which is really cool. No, I mean, no, it's amazing 63. Good spec, 340 horse. Yeah, it's good stuff. On on dead on uh, deflated tires in awesome. literally in the barn. That was it, cool. Interesting thing. that you bring that up because it seems that uh, every uh, 63, 64 Roadster Corvette owner has also brought up that listing for justification why theirs <laughs> is more than fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was uh, man. That's buying the dream, you know. You ever yeah. driven a car, Howard, with uh, Rochester fuel injection? One of the fuely uh, small blocks? Mm, I have not. Really Are interested you? in them. No, no. I'd be really curious about it. I've heard various things about them. Tough to tune and all that kind of stuff. I mean, they're, it's mechanical fuel injection, but they look so fantastic, and I like the idea of it. I feel Hillborn injection has a has a, a reputation as being tough to tune, but, but it I might be. That's I like, know from personal experience. That's like race car, race car stuff. And that looks fantastic. I would mm -hmm. love Hillborn on a, on, a, on a performance car. Any so more? Any have more we, have we covered the the highlights of the '60s, early '70s? We listen, leaving anyone out? We, we need to talk AMX. I'm sure we are. I'm sure we're going to say that. Oh man, AMX. We already, we already oh, on a previous podcast. We already rap, oh, waxed rapsodic yeah. about the uh, 390 AMX, which Good I call. love. Who is screaming at their? Who of the nine listeners that have made it this far, uh, probably three of which are family members of ours, <laughs> screaming at their iPhones right now, saying, "You forgot XYZ listing." We need. We talked Novas. We talked Chevelles. Well, we did sell off note that um, that seventy uh, Nova Yanko Deuce. Oh, Yanko yeah. is a whole conversation. That's, that's quite a corner of the muscle car. I just need to say Galaxy R code to get that one in there. Yep. Oh, Galaxy is very good. Oh, Galaxy Lightweight. That's that's Randy Speck. Randy, yeah. we miss you, buddy. But I'm a little bit, you're yeah. a Galaxy Lightweight guy. Yeah, those are great. I'm a little bit. Of, I'm a Fairlane guy, kind of. I like the the roofline on the on the swoopy Fairlane. Uh, you guys like those at all? Do anything for you? The silence means no, probably. I, I'm I'm looking on a fair line, although I do I love we have a 62 or 63 Impala SS convertible, a car which they probably made a lot of, but not a whole lot that are super nice remaining. And yeah, Skylark convertibles, early Skylark, early Impala convertibles do it for me for some reason. Yeah, those are awesome because they're great. I mean, oh, there's so many cars from that era that are interesting and so many little variations on every model that, you know, get people excited and, you know, powertrains and colors and options. Um, you know, it's, you could go on forever about it, I think. All right. We, we did this topic some justice. Zach, any final thoughts? You're going to, you're going to come up. I'm doing, I'm doing the, uh, the test day on Friday. You're going to come up. You guys did this topic some justice. My Mangusta comment <laughs> apparently did not. Uh, final thoughts for you at Sonoma Raceway. You want to come share the Miata so I can cut down on my entry fee expense? I don't know, dude. Never, oof, oof. Maybe on you're going on Friday for a test day. What exactly are you testing? How much rubber is left on those tires? You're too cheap to replace. With I'm some just getting the rust coils? off. Going to try to carry some speed through some corners. You know, 
if I can finish, you know, P14 this weekend, I'll, I'll, I'll be happy with that on the flight back. Anymore. I need some fresh DOT5 before I can hit Sonoma. My brake pedal's pretty mushy after Laguna the other weekend. Very good. All right, gents. Alex, what else you got? I got nothing else. I put all the words out there. Too many words. You driving down the, to slow tonight? Uh, not tonight. My dad's taking the old Porsche down. I might, I've been trying to start the NSX, which has been sitting in the front of my garage for a couple months. And if I can get that going, yeah, I'll probably take it down to slow this weekend and take my daughter down there. Awesome. Well, we appreciate all the listeners tuning in. We're getting some good, uh, uh, good feedback in the podcast at email. So send us your comments, questions, uh, and feedback for us. And we'll see you again next week. Mm-hmm.